0: upon the world for the powers of the heavens will be shaken then they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory now when these things begin to take place stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near then he told them a parable look at the fig tree and all the trees as soon as they sprout leaves you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near So also when you see these things take place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For for it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: I am not, nor was I ever, a Boy Scout. As a farm kid, I was in 4-H, and that has its own stories, but because I like to go out into the woods and hike and backpack and do those kinds of things, I decided I should probably figure out how to use a map and compass. So I read a book, which was a mistake, because (laughs) that's not the way I learn and. Frankly, it's not the way most people learn in that kind of thing. You need to experience it. And I know I have a co-pastor here who is an Eagle Scout, so I'm sure he knows how to find his way through the foggy mists and, and uh, brush of the Northwest. Orienteering, that's right, exactly. Yes, but I think I remember, at least from the book, and a little bit of wayfinding that I've done, a little bit of map and compass skill, that... Um, When you're in a position where you can't see very clearly and you can't, you know, have massive, clear landmarks, it's really important to have a couple of different things. In order to find your way, you need a reference point behind you, somewhere where you know you've come from, and then one in front of you where you know you are going. They have to line up just right in order for you to find your way. And then, of course, you find yourself in the middle of those two points. All right. I know there are lots of scouts and all kinds of folks here. Did I have that right? Okay. All right. I got a thumbs up from the Eagle Scout, so I'm good. That's good enough for me. Well, Advent is very, very much like this because we find ourselves with three expectations, three different expectations as we begin this new year of the church, as we begin this advent season first our expectation is one that it almost sounds a little weird to say expectation because we're looking back and this may be the clearest one to us in this advent season we're looking back to the birth of christ we're looking back to that event that again i'm broken record on this but i'll say it again i think is what makes christianity unique that god took on flesh and became one of us in order to live among us and to die for us and be raised again. All of that kind of comes together, but we're looking at that day, that day when Christ was born. But the other expectation and the one that we're looking at today, as we, and it might surprise you, we're, we're in Luke chapter, tw- gosh, we've just started the year of Luke and we're already in chapter 21. We're almost done with the whole book. But we're looking forward. We're looking to that reference point in the future when Christ will come again. We don't always say it at the communion table, but but uh, those that proclamation that we make as, as God's people, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. We have that hope, we have that reference point into the future. But there's a third point as well, and again, it kind of, lines up with how we line ourselves up when we're trying to find our way, and that is, where are we now? That reference point is important, too, when you're orienteering, and it's important in our expectation, in this New Year expectation for Advent, that Christ, indeed, isn't just about some quaint story in the past or some distant hope in the future that divorces us from the present, but it actually is Christ being born in our hearts today. And so this Advent season becomes a time for us when we are preparing our hearts and our minds, making space for Christ to be born anew. What will that consistency of God and that future hope bring to us this day? I think of an example of kind of holding this together from when I was in college and There were a lot of papers, of course, in college, and most of them I got through, right? Usually I was a late-night writer or an early morning to get up and print it out five minutes before class started. That was just how I rolled. One of my professors later on in seminary, I talked about this disorganization. He said, no, 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 it's just a type of organization. I'm holding on to that. (laughs) Doesn't always work, but oftentimes it does, strangely enough. All right, well, anyway, I mostly got through those papers, but there was one that I enjoyed. I could have gone on and on with this paper. It was a research paper for a drama class. It was just kind of an extra class that I threw on in my last semester. I look back now, and I think, man, I wish I would have taken more of these. But it was a research paper on a character. A couple of us were put together, and we had to do this sort of scene for our drama class, but we had to research the character, really get under their skin, try to figure out what made them tick, what their history might be. Some of it was guessing game, but some of it you could base on other things. And this particular character was a man in the the early 1940s who was in a Jewish ghetto in Warsaw, Poland, occupied, of course, by the Germans. And there was a particular transition that was taking place, and he had come home that night. He was a leader, and he was trying to figure out how they were going to lead their people. And in the midst of that discussion and all the weight of the world on him and on others and on his family, thinking about himself as a husband and as a father and, and as a leader in his community, with all of that upon him, they stopped as a family and they lit the first candle for this, for the for the eight days of Han or the eight nights of Hanukkah. Now I know the obvious reasons why that paper was meaningful to me, because I from being dragged as a 12-year-old to be in a play when I was a kid, in a musical, which I ended up liking, but don't tell my parents that, because I need to be right. Um, (laughs) Even then, even in the past. But I know why I enjoyed it, because that's a passion of mine, doing that kind of dramatic stuff. But there was something else that spoke to me in that that I don't think I realized until later. And I I know it spoke to me a kind of, eternal truth of God's presence because we still use the words that were used around that candle lighting during that little play in that class. When we light our Advent wreath, the kids and I, while Karen reads, say, draw that light to ourselves, and we say, Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu. I don't know if that's the tune, but that's what we made up. But the words are ancient words. Blessed are you, O Lord our God. Blessed are you, O Lord our God. Playing that character and thinking about what he was going through in that moment with the weight of the world upon him and probably death at death's door in the near future. Lit that candle anyway in that present moment, drawing from God's presence in the past with hope for what God might do in the future that spoke to the situation in the present. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God. Hope is the theme for this day. This is the candle of hope that we light this day. It's called different things, the four candles of that Advent wreath, but it is for us the candle of hope. As we begin a sort of backwards journey through the Gospel of Luke, as I said, we're almost to the end here as we start this week. But this is like that reference point for finding your way through the wilderness, that point ahead. We need to know where we're going. I'm curious, do any of you out there read the last page of a book or the last chapter of a book before you start it? It's okay. It's a safe place. You can raise your hand. There are some people who do this. Yeah. My wife has a particular reality show, and she She goes to the the spoilers, and she reads, you know, what's going to happen in the end, who's going to kind of come out on top, and then she goes back and watches the show. That would drive me absolutely crazy, right? I like those surprises, but she wants to know what to pay attention to. She wants to know how it's going to come out before she enters into the story, and some of you obviously are like that as well. How does this end? Where am I headed? What's the reference point this day? Well, this is more serious, certainly, than a book. It's way more serious than a reality show. I'm going to say that, clearly. So there's a need for evidence for us that the future isn't a lie. That is the other reference point. We can look into the future, and we can hope into the future. We can listen to Jesus' words in Luke's Gospel and think, that sounds really nice, but what evidence do we have to even believe in that? And that's where that other point becomes so important, that other reference point of where we have been, where God has been for us and with us. We look back to that birth of Christ some 2,020-plus years ago, and we can see, aha, yes, God has been faithful. And we can look beyond that and beyond that and beyond that through the promises of God that have come through so many covenant Promises, through the deliverance of God's people from Egypt, through the coming out of the exile in Babylon, and so on and so on. We can look back and see these vivid images and these vivid stories of God showing up in history. Jesus speaks in the language of apocalyptic or kind of revelatory language. There's vivid, There are vivid images in this gospel for today. The heavens being shaken, the Son of Man appearing in the clouds. These metaphors, these these kind of visions, so to speak, they help us express, and they helped the biblical writers express their community's trauma while also offering this powerful hope in the midst of those experiences. Audrey West writes about this, and she goes on to say, when the present reality includes wars and political tumult, distress among the nations, as Luke says, when it it includes catastrophes and floods and fires that seem unending, signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, you know, the smoke just kind of blotting things out, when there's a global pandemic, when we are breathless from fear and foreboding, as it says in our gospel for today, Unemployment, a rise in hate crimes, all kinds of divisions going on around us. Displacement of refugees by means of terror or anything else that traps people in fear or despair, she says. Things that weigh our hearts down. It is then, it is in those moments that we look for the coming of the Son of Man, the Christ whose promised future makes all the difference for today. She goes on to ask the question that I think is a rich question for us to ask. To whom does the future belong? That's our question for today. And as we ask that question, we can look back and say who has had the past in his hands. To whom does the future belong? And if that future and that past belong to God, the God we know in Christ Jesus, and so does this present day, this present darkness, this present light shining in the darkness. Because when everything else is stripped away at particular times of life, or when we just simply become aware that the charade we have, that we are in control of life, that we are in control of the earth, that we are in control of everything in our future, when that's been stripped away, we come to hope. We come to the word for this day. Yes, we do remember that day when Jesus was born, and we do look forward to that day when Christ will come again. As, as Susan Briel so beautifully says, she says that day when Christ will come again, gathering God's beloved people into one embrace, and mending with mercy what sin has torn apart. But that day that we celebrate, if we just simply think about it in the past, then we become sort of uh, sort of a club of remembrance of when God used to do these powerful things. And the danger in just focusing on the future is that we become detached from this world and we think, well, I'm gonna, I'm just going to kind of lift myself above all of these cares of the world and wait for that coming again in some ways that's the issue in the church in Thessalonica the church that Paul speaks to today in our second reading we have just a few short verses but what does Paul do he turns them away from just looking forward like hey we're just going to escape this we're just going to ignore all this stuff and we're going to wait for Christ to come he says that's great to have that reference point But then he draws them into community. He draws them into the needs of the world right now. He draws them into sharing the message with one another. And he rejoices in the fact that they have that community, that gathering together to strengthen one another for this present time. The reality that that day, that day is coming, that day has been, but that day is also right here and right now as Christ is born in us, in our hearts, in our minds, and in our community together in this place and the community we reach out to with God's good news. In this present darkness, our light shines. We're going to get an example of that on Wednesday night as we come together for this God worked, God's work, our hands. And we're already hearing from those, anticipating that, looking forward to that event to be a blessing to their community a blessing to their family, a blessing to our community and family. This is the time when the darkness is heavy, when it weighs upon us. And just as obviously as we look forward to the spring and the summer when the leaves sprout, so God's kingdom is near again and again coming to us no matter what the circumstances of life, no matter how heavily that earth quakes and shakes, no matter what comes upon us. Or upon the world we stand with hope in this time knowing what God has done knowing what God will bring fully to completion and exercising our freedom to live into that hope in this day in our very actions in this very stuff of life may that be our hope may that be our work and our joy together as God's people together as a community of faith and beyond. Amen. And Happy New Year.
2: Guide my feet while. Respond in hope and confess our
3: faith in the words of our baptismal creed I believe in God the Father Almighty creator of heaven and earth I believe in Jesus Christ God's only Son our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified died and was buried he descended to the dead on the third day he rose again he ascended into heaven He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of our body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us now pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, and for all people according to their needs.
4: Almighty God. Give us your spirit that we can be people of hope and expectation, knowing that your promise and word is dependable. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God of righteousness, we pray for all in positions of authority. We pray for our elected officials, that they exercise their duties justly. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for our Supreme Court as they deliberate on so many crucial cases. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Gracious God, we pray for all those traveling today and during this holiday season. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for continued endurance and patience in the ongoing pandemic, that we may not be consumed by fear and our health officials have good wisdom and discernment. May all health officials and professionals know our prayers and support this day. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for our whole church and for SLC. As we move into Advent, we pray that our witness to your word and our sense of urgency grow. Lord, in your mercy.
3: Hear our prayer.
4: Be with all of our homes and families gathered here or remotely this day. Bring your healing, peace, and new life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our
3: prayer. God, we also pray for those in our community who need your care and strength. We pray for Barbara Barron. She is in hospice. We pray for Sue Bernhardt and Ron Manbeck as they recover from their surgeries. God, we pray for all those battling cancer, for Judy DeCarbonell, Rudy Burris, D. Cotter, Sue Bernhardt. George Roberts, David Keller, Dave Rosenboom, Dave Ryan, David Trexler, John Adair, Julie Enger, Melanie Evanelli, Jim Weisbrot, Elizabeth Domaheidi, Ron Maddox, and Carol Wales. And God, we also remember Alex Cotton, uh, C- uh, Crystal's 14-year-old daughter who's been diagnosed with a tumor in her shoulder, that's a aggressive form of cancer and so we pray for discernment for her doctors and surgeons we pray for her healing god we pray for our deployed and military support and their families for christian for andrew for daniel for austin for rebecca for megan for jared for david and all their families all on our continued prayer list and those that we bring to you now, aloud or in the quiet of our hearts. Lord, in your mercy. In your Gracious God, we give thanks today that in this present moment, as we look back to what you've done for us in Christ and Forward to what you will complete we give thanks that you have been present with us right now through your word and now through this supper through this meal you come and make yourself known to us your grace your forgiveness your love and your presence and so be with us now as we move to sharing in this meal we pray all of this trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior amen the peace of the Lord be with you all Please share that peace however you would like to those around you. So, just a few announcements during this community time. Um, this morning, after worship, um, we have Advent log making down in the fellowship hall. So, everyone's invited to that. There is no adult class this morning. Um, and then, of course, f- coffee and fellowship there. Uh, so, that's what's going on between services. So, this week, as Jonathan mentioned, and then last week, Jessica mentioned, Um, We have a special opportunity that we just expect and pray and hope that everybody will be here this Wednesday. I had someone ask, do you guys have Advent services, midweek Advent? Well, we don't. We haven't had a tradition of that here, but we've got something midweek this week, and it's going to be awesome servant event, God's Work Our Hands event, um, this Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. in the Gathering Place. It's going to be a great time of fellowship and care, meal ahead of time, right, Jonathan?
1: The meal starts at, at five, 5.30. later, you can still get food. That's
3: what I wanted to make sure and get right. So, so just l- make that a part of your week this week, please, please. Christmas variety show coming up here, so remember to put that on your calendar and make a note for, and get those uh, acts and sign up for that. And then military outreach event is happening on December 12th. Check out the Beacon. Mark your calendar for that as well. Please pour over your beacon and check out your e-news each week. Um, so this is a time when we pass our offering plate typically. I do want to remind you to send those friendship pads down the aisle for those in-person worship. And then at home, you have that Connect card. Um, it's really helpful for us, to, for you to fill that out so we know who's engaging from home during this time. And then also, it's a great way for you to let us know any prayer needs, any concerns, feedback, et cetera helps us stay connected. Of course, when it comes to our giving during this time in the service, you can, uh, as you leave, you can put your physical offering in the back as you go, or you can use our various electronic means of giving. So now let us stand and sing our offertory hymn. Merciful God, as we journey in this in between time, may your watching and waiting be filled with giving and receiving your blessings. We joyfully return to you what you have first given us ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. The Lord be with with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is, right to be God thanks and it is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer, through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes to judge the world in righteousness. Remember how in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. And we pray as our Lord has taught us to pray. Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to us in the breaking of this bread as you once revealed yourself to your disciples. You may be seated. The gifts of God are ready for the people of God. If you have not communed with us before, there is some instructions regarding the Lord's Supper and hospitality to the meal on page 10. (laughs) It's such a joy that we get to uh, know that this meal goes out to feed others through our Eucharistic ministers. So we pray for Bob and for Marilyn as they um, take this meal out to Ace and to Gene Sherbisman, gracious and loving God. May Jean and Ace know your care, their connection to us, and especially may they know your forgiveness and grace and presence, just like we have in this meal. So go with Bob and Marilyn, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand. May this, the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Amen.
4: Let us pray. We give you thanks, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord.
3: Amen. Amen. May the Father of promises bring you hope. The Christ child fill your heart with peace, the spirit ignite your joy inside and out and may the love of the trinity father, son and holy spirit fill our world with unending love. Amen. Amen.
4: We are grace-filled, go in peace and serve the Lord.